we can't be more thankful to the NCAA for uh, allowing us to host it again and to give it back to us for 2023. And uh, now we're going to show them even a better building. Hi there, it's WAMC News Director Ian Pickus. And on this episode of the WAMC News Podcast, we take an audio tour of MVP Arena in Albany as it gets ready to host the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament for the first time in 20 years. I'm going to bring you now on the audio tour I took of MVP Arena in Albany. The Albany County-owned venue is getting ready to host the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament for the first time in 20 years, starting March 17th. The arena was supposed to host the tourney in March of 2020 until COVID canceled the entire bracket. Now, after several NCAA women's basketball tournaments in Albany, the arena is getting ready to show off a number of upgrades to visitors from around the country during March Madness. Arena General Manager Bob Belber and Albany County Executive Dan McCoy took me on a tour from the luxury suites to the locker rooms. Belber says years of effort have gone into hosting the first and second rounds. That's a big renovation that's taken place. Over the last three years, it's been probably close to $43 million worth of um, county funds that have been used to renovate the building. And that's a lot of different things that have had upgrades. So you've got the atrium that's been enclosed, which looks fantastic. Uh, all kinds of plants, new glass elevator, um, new escalators. The outside of the building has the brand new screens, the two huge, huge screens outside. And so during the NCAA event, on Friday the 17th, right through Sunday the 19th, uh, the outdoor boards are gonna be used to host or to show the games uh, that are gonna take place, not just here, but also um, any other games that are taking place elsewhere in other markets are gonna be shown on the screens too when, when we're not playing inside. So uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for people who love college basketball to be able to come down. And even on Saturday, between the two days, we're going to have the Fan Festival be open, even though there's no games going on inside, from noon to 4 p.m. And games for, from wherever they're hosting them in other parts of the country will be on the big screens. There will be food trucks outside. It will be a fun atmosphere. Uh, and people that are going to be in town, and there's a lot of people coming from outside of this area, as well as those that are in the, the residents of the capital region are going to be able to come down and enjoy the Fan Fest uh, all through the three days. And obviously inside the building, uh, we're sold out. We've got um, a little over 15,000 people that are coming to the event. Uh, there's four games on Friday. There's two sessions. So the first two games will be session one. And then on uh, the last two, two games of that day at the game three and four of the second session. Uh, and then on Sunday, you've got two games, which are uh, games five and six. Uh, that'll take place. We don't know when yet. We don't know, unfortunately, know what the times are until Selection Sunday. And we don't, also don't know what teams until Selection Sunday. But that's quickly approaching, and we're looking forward to it. Um, what looks different in this arena from the last time the men's tournament was here back in 03 uh, with the Syracuse run? There's a whole lot of um, new technology inside the arena that's been brought in. We've got brand new LED ribbon boards that are a full 360 degrees around the, the building, which we never had before. Uh, we've got a brand new digital uh, video scoreboard. Um, the back of house has been fully renovated. All the dressing rooms, all the locker rooms, the hallway, almost completely gutted. 
and everything is new. So you've got lockers that have state-of-the-art charging stations for cell phones, almost like hotel safes, if you will, so that players can come in and enjoy uh, you know, the game and play the game knowing that there are uh, valuables that they may be bringing in are locked up and their phones being charged while they're on the court. Those are the things that are being done in NBA and NHL buildings, uh, and those are the things that really help us when the NCAA is looking for buildings that are um, up with the times and technology. Obviously, the March 2020 uh, tournament didn't happen. Um, having these extra years to then prepare for it to come back uh, to this arena, did you do anything with that time particularly to, to get ready? Yes, and, and, and actually, uh, the local organizing committee that's been involved with us and so it's no building can put on an NCAA event without a local organizing committee and a whole lot of additional people that help support the event when it comes to the market uh, there's people that help with the discover Albany for example uh, helps with the uh, hotels and making sure that the teams are set with the hotel blocks that they need uh, the airport and uh, folks out at Millionaire have been helpful uh, working with law enforcement to make sure everybody knows when the teams are coming in, how they can get picked up, police escorts to get them where they need to get to. Um, very secure. Everything that's taking place in this market as it relates to the teams uh, is a very secure environment. So um, there's no concern for the teams and for the participants. Uh, so all of that's being covered. And so all of these plans that we're putting in place, uh, shuttle parking, so on Friday, obviously it's a business day. Downtown Albany is going to have you know state workers and uh, various commuters are coming into work. The reality is you've got about another 14, 15,000 people that are going to be coming into downtown. There's not going to be enough parking for them. So knowing that we've got all kinds of additional parking lots at uh, Harriman Camp Campus over in SUNY and uh, other locations where shuttles are being provided by CDTA. We've got the uh, Department of Transportation that's going to have all kinds of signage on uh, the interstates and uh, to let people know that they should go directly to the lots and take the shuttle in rather than going downtown and searching for a place to park, which they won't find and they'll end up going back to the shuttle lot anyway. So <laughs> um, all of these things had to be planned out. All of these plans were in place prior to the 2020 event. And obviously, we all know, five days before the NCAA event was going to take place, the whole world shut down. And so we can't be more thankful to the NCAA for uh, allowing us to host it again and to give it back to us for 2023. And uh, now we're going to show them even a better building. Back at that time, we wouldn't have had the technology that or any of the renovations completed. So, you know, not that we wanted it to happen, but it's going to be a better building that will host it in 2023 than it would have been in 2020. What did you all learn by having the women's tournament here a few times? And obviously, uh, you know, UConn typically got cited here and they have a number of fans who travel. So I have to imagine uh, that's almost replicating what you'll see with the men's. Yeah, that's correct. You know, the, the uh, Connecticut teams, uh, especially the women's teams, when we have the women's championship, have really drawn fans. And so, uh, it is possible, you're 100% right, the men's team this year from Connecticut is really doing well. Um, if they make it in, will they get here? Possibly. At the end of the day, uh, I still remember so vividly back in 2003 when Syracuse won it, 
and then went on to win the national championship in New Orleans. Uh, I actually went to that championship, to the Final Four, and uh, was down there at the time, 10th row behind the bench, and very, very exciting. But to know that the, the champion from our regional in 2003 went to New Orleans and actually won the whole thing was even just more uh, a thrill. Hard to believe it's been 20 years. When you see those highlights, they look like they're a lot older than that in some ways. I know, you're 100% right. You know, ironically, a lot of our staff here at the arena have been here uh, more than 20 years. And uh, so many of us have, have uh, you know, had the excitement of hosting the regional in 03. And now to have it back in 23 with all these new improvements, thanks to the county and to the county executive, Dan McCoy, for, for really championing all these um, new improvements to the building. And, and he and the county um, legislators understand that you have to reinvest in a building like this and to keep it updated in order to be able to attract not only the NCAA, but concerts and family shows and so forth. Uh, no one's going to play a building that hasn't had upgrades. And so even though we are 33 years old at this point, um, the building looks brand new and, and is, is operating like it's still brand new. Can you explain how the convention center will work with the this building during the tournament? My understanding is there is going to be a practice court for teams in the convention center, which you can get to from here without going outside. Uh, how does that logistically factor in? So that's 100% correct. The uh, Albany Capital Center is going to have the Siena basketball court set down uh, on that second level of, of the ACC. And um, the NCAA will place probably their high, their lowest seed, probably the number one seed perhaps. I believe we'll probably get a number one seed. But um, they, they'll have preference over that particular spot because that'll be the closest practice court. Um, we'll have other ones. Siena College will, will be a practice site. Um, and so the teams that come in will have practice sites that are, that are off uh, premises here for uh, the Wednesday um, prior to the event. The Thursday, we'll also have this this court uh, down, and, and that'll be usable on Thursday by the teams. And then on the morning of um, the 17th, as well as the 19th, there'll be practices that'll be taking place inside. Given the fact that Albany County owns MVP Arena, Democratic County Executive Dan McCoy was eager to join our tour. He says the return of the NCAA men's basketball tournament after all of this time is a moment for the county to shine. This is huge. I think they're really going to be impressed with the atrium, all the upgrades we've done, not just with the locker rooms, uh, but, you know, adding more Wi-Fi, more, more places for people to congregate and to feel the vibe before they get into the arena. So that's what we kind of want, you know, and then just for the media that comes with the NCAAs, we got a whole new media room for them with access to the floor, uh, you know, so they can just really do what they need to do, get to the floor quickly, get back up, not where they're kind of like hidden in different rooms, uh, you know, and it's all about the experience. And, and again, your listeners probably won't care about this part, but uh, one of the things the players care about is all the new lockers that we put in they have a place now they can charge their phone, right? Because when they get off and they're done playing and they win or lose, they want to be able to call their loved ones and, and tell them how they fail. So uh, they have a place where they can lock their phone in their locker and charge it at the same time while they're out there. So, uh, you know, and again, it's about the fan base, you know, the concession stands being redone, uh, the new paint we put up, the new seats that went in, the premier seats that have gone around the rim of the arena, you know, the LED screens that go around the whole arena now. Again, it's 
it just enhances that experience uh, and that's what we want you know I wish a parking lot or a parking garage was going to be done before this uh, you know but we're revamping the whole parking garage we're painting different floors so you just kind of feel that theme because we, again one of the things Bob and I talked about over the years is we want people to have that experience and as soon as they they come here whether it's just on a date or with just some buddies or the girls night out or you're coming here with your family the minute you park that car we want you to have that experience and we want you to get out and say hey the, it's starting but again it's what the fans want you, you know and I, I was complimenting some of the people that come down here uh, they wanted a, a hand railing in on the lower levels and when they first built the arena and I got schooled on this so it's nothing like I woke up and knew I'm not an engineer though I you know I can pretend to be one uh, you know but they didn't put hand railings in because the way the seats were, they were afraid it would block the stage. And uh, they were complaining they didn't feel safe walking down the staircase, not having a hand railing. Bob's team looks into it and we got hand railings. And it sounds stupid, but it's a little thing that makes someone's experience that much better. Or putting bathrooms on the lower level, or trying to change it where people don't have to walk down the staircase to get to the bathroom, or uh, having unisex bathrooms or family changing rooms. Uh, these are things that we improve on that, you know, we want to know the good stuff is always nice to hear, but if we don't hear why you weren't happy with your experience here, we can't improve it for next time. Pressure's on, right? You'll have people from all over the country uh, in Albany County hoping their team gets to Sunday, and you'll have different fan bases and all kinds of things. Um, it's really, I, I have to imagine, a logistical challenge for the county. It, it, it is a logistical challenge, but this is a good one. You know, we'll be working with the mayor's office. We'll be working with everyone in the surrounding area. Uh, we want to close the front front of the arena down so the fans can come here who can't get tickets. We got, I believe we got approval from the NCAA. Yeah. So we're going to have our two big screens, our LED screens outside, so you can watch the game. We're going to have food trucks set up. Yeah. We're going to have other things set up. We talked about bringing bleachers in, but depending on the weather. Uh, but have a lot of fun so that the, they can come here. And again, they can have a great experience with their, you know, the, the guys that are going to be coming here with just guys and uh, the women coming here just with the women or just you're coming on your date or your family and enjoy the experience. And if you don't have tickets and you can't get in, you can still come down and be part of the, the vibe and hang outside and see, see great basketball on these two extraordinary screens we have outside and feel part of what's going on inside the arena. I'm Ian Pickus and you're listening to WAMC. We're taking a tour of MVP Arena in Albany on the eve of its first NCAA men's hoops tournament since 2003. GM Bob Belber says one of the major differences all these years later is the available technology. We're going to have another digital board out here too, which is going to be a big mobile board and in addition to our two screens, which are going to have the bracket. So our bracket for all the teams, and as they win, whoever wins, the winner is going to be on the bracket, so when the people leave, they're going to see this huge billboard out there that's going to have the bracket with the team that just won. So it's similar to what, I don't know if you remember, the, the big banner we used to have on the building. Right across the street, we had a huge banner, and we had to have a lift, and every time somebody won, we had to get the guy up there with the lift. You know, kind of archaic. Now that digital has you know, yeah. been prevailing, it's going to be a lot nicer. So you want to look at the media room first? Yeah. Okay, we're on the second floor now. Uh, Thank you very much. This is the media room. If I'm doing some quick math, there's probably maybe 150 spaces or so for reporters to send uh, their stories everywhere um, starting next week. So the media room will have up to 200 working media personnel. I was close. Um, 
all of the monitors are going to have the action that's taking place on our court downstairs so that they can actually do a feed, a story for the prior game that just played while they're wa watching the current uh, game here and still be able to do stories on that game as well. Very important to the NCAA that that process be done. Uh, and we've got all kinds of uh, power and uh, internet service in the floor here. And again, kudos to the county, the county executive, because this area was didn't exist as of four years ago. It was just high ceiling from the lower lowest level downstairs where we just were, all the way up to the ceiling above us. And so we infilled this and put a floor in, and this is all a brand new room that got built basically in the from the air. So um, this is great use of the space. We still have plenty of room downstairs with the ceiling height, and uh, this is going to be a good opportunity for NCAA to be able to really um, provide a workspace. And as Dan said, this door here brings us right downstairs to the uh, basketball court. Okay, now we're heading downstairs to the floor, which is, I understand, not set up for basketball yet. That'll be in a couple of days. The great thing about that room also is on concert nights for artists that come in, whether it's a Billy Joel or whoever it might be, the uh, dressing rooms are right behind you, and so they can come. This is all private space, basically. It's not open to the public. They can go right up to that room, do a meet and greet, and come right back down and not have to pass through the public. And so they love that room for that purpose. Now, in my past life as a sports writer, I could probably count the hours and hours I spent standing outside these doors, <laughs> waiting for them to let us in yep. and watching the clock. But it does look a little different uh, as we head to this side of the, the floor. Yep. So the reason, the reason that you see the plastic on the, on the floor here is we're preserving the flooring and making sure that any dirt that comes in from the monster trucks, because we'll have a arena full of dirt this coming weekend. And so we wanna make sure that none of that gets down into the carpet. So we always do this prior to the monster truck events as you go through and see the plastic. It's not normally here. So one of the things I thought was important too is when you have sporting teams that come here, uh, concerts, whatever it may be, unfortunately, this is sometimes the only thing they see of your city or your county. So when they come to Albany County, um, you know, and they come to the arena, and if it's not looking nice, their impression's gonna be, you know, um, how do I say this? It's, it's not gonna be a good impression. If the, if the room's run down, uh, or the hallway's run down, you know, they're gonna come off the tour bus, they're gonna walk in into a holding room where we got a VIP room for the singer or whatever is going on, and then they go out and do their concert, and they're gonna say, wow, this, I, you, know, what, you know, this arena was dirty or it didn't look nice. And I wanna leave that impression on them, and that's why we thought it was important for the Albany mural that we just took a picture at, to be like, hey, no, Albany County's a great place, we, we wish you could get out to explore it, but if you can't, we just want to showcase how nice it is here. Oh, yeah. All brand new bathroom, brand new tile uh, all throughout. Subway tile and a new uh, pattern on the floor. Looks so, a lot different. So both the men's and women's were redone. Um, and there's also a family bathroom that was never here before. So as Dan said, we've made it so that it's good for everyone. Going into the Siena Saints uh, locker room, Saints green and gold. They're the primary basketball tenant of this building. So it was just a, one of the things the NCAA likes about um, those buildings that are NBA, NHL buildings, and in our case, our building now, is the fact that it's almost like a hotel safe so that when the um, 
kids get here or participants get here, they can lock up their valuables. They can uh, inside these uh, are charging stations back behind. So they you got to be tall like a basketball player to see it, but I'll believe you. So, so it's a, it's a, I think Dan said it best, you know, when they get done participating in the event, win, lose, or draw, generally they like to make calls to their loved ones or to their family. And uh, if their phone's not powered up, it's pretty hard to do that. So this is just one of those nice things that we were able to add. Much of the lockers uh, was already here. These were all put in as additional uh, scope to the locker room. The other locker rooms um, had more done. This is the shower area. Now, here's a part I've never seen. So all of this is brand new. You know, all the urinals, all the, uh, you know, the toilet areas and showers, these are all brand new. And when you mention that you've got to be tall, the, <laughs> the, the shower, you know, nozzles are pretty tall in these. <laughs> yeah, that shower head is like three feet above me, so. The water might be cold. <laughs> That's one for the point guards. And so much of this is stuff that, as you say, the general public's not going to know about, but it helps, uh, it helps you get the bid? Correct. Yes. All of these dressing rooms have been totally renovated, new carpets, new paint, um, new bathrooms, and, and, and all the bathrooms inside have been changed with new vanities and new, toilet, um, new toilets and urinals and so forth. The key here is they all have doors now. So back in the day when this building was built, the dressing rooms didn't have doors. So you had to actually, if you had guests in the rooms, you had to have them leave in order to be able to use the bathrooms. <laughs> so we're walking down a hallway uh, of a number of dressing rooms and locker rooms right now. Uh, and as Bob was telling us earlier, you know, you're going to start this tournament with eight teams and get it whittled down to the two by the end of Sunday. But they need a lot of different space because four games are happening on Friday. So this is all completely brand new. As you can see, I mean, it even smells new, but all the lockers in here are brand new, the bathrooms, the showers. This area didn't exist. This, this was all new, the new construction uh, from scratch. So it's, it's, and it's all beautiful fixtures and, and mirrors and so forth. What was here before, right here? Um, the, the area before was just, the, there were two dressing rooms that the wall was taken out and uh, they had bathroom areas uh, that, that had like a, a toilet and a shower, but again, it didn't have doors on both sides. So now basically they took those two bathrooms and they expanded it and made it, made it into, you know, what you see today. So the rest of the uh, locker rooms are pretty much the same. They've all been renovated. All the dressing rooms have been renovated. This backstage hallway has all new materials on the carpeting and the sidewalls. Uh, this is our uh, main star dressing room that's getting some changes. So this is where the headliner would be getting ready for the show? This is where Bruce will be hanging out? They have their, it uh, could be, or he may have a locker room, I'm not sure yet. But um, they have their own bathroom, their own shower and so forth. And um, this is where it was always the headline artist that would be in here. Unless they want more space and they go into a bigger locker room. Nice thing is we've got five five locker rooms and um, eight dressing rooms, so they have plenty of space. Coming to the end of the locker room hallway right now, walking past uh, Albany Firewolves uh, locker room right now, and now we're in the much colder bowels. 
This is I think I can dunk on these I, guys. I think I can too. This is called back the backstage area. To your left is our video studio. That's that's the control center. It's the the brains for operating all of the video scoreboard and LED ribbon boards. Um, state of the art equipment in there, and uh, that will be interfacing with the broadcast of the NCAA event. So it'll feed into here, and and then it goes out to the big boards. You know, and one of the things I just, you know, your listeners are probably going to say, this is county taxes paying for all this. I'm glad you brought that up. No, it is. We had a record last year of $2 million, $2.3 million profit uh, from the arena for the taxpayers of Albany County. But this is all subsidized by the ticket sales. So there's an extra surcharge on there. So the money goes back in invested in the arena where usually people don't realize this. It's every arena around this country, uh, you know, every place that you go to a concert or you go see a sporting event and the issue is sometimes they don't invest that money back in and I thought it was so important to keep the vibe here in this building so entertainers want to come back uh, athletes that come through these hallways or locker rooms say hey this is a great place um, it's a top-notch facility and it was the same thing we got from the NCAA's that they've seen the improvements that we continue to do from the atrium being closed for up to 30 million from the area, like I talked about the walkway on the side of the arena the parking garage and the locker rooms and the facility itself that we're staying on top of even though and it was a tough decision because we paid off our arena four years ago, I yeah. think was the last payment, and to sit there and reinvest everything again, but we have to. And if you want to continue to get great concerts and sporting stuff here, you got to keep it fresh. And, and we keep it improving. Every time you come here, you're going to see a new improvement in something out, out of the ordinary that attracts different people here. It's important also to understand that most arenas of this size in secondary markets are either breaking even or losing money. So the fact that we actually made $2.3 million is somewhat of a miracle in that it doesn't happen usually in most of these facilities. This is Ian Pickus, and we're listening to my audio tour of MVP Arena in Albany. It's getting ready to welcome back the NCAA men's basketball tournament for the first time in two decades. My guides for the tour of the county-owned arena's renovations are GM Bob Belber and County Executive Dan McCoy. Now we're going out to the floor, and you just realize when you are down on the floor how big this room is. The scoreboard is lowered right now, and it is already showing the iconic uh, brackets of March, March Madness, NCAA, first and second rounds. We're walking to the middle of the floor right now where uh, the tip-off will be if you weren't ready for the tournament yet. So, One thing I've been struck by just while we're walking around, it's a, a non-event day, right? It's a, a Monday, and this place is humming. You've got a lot of people working. Every room you've shown us has someone plugging things in. This is where the tip-off's going to happen. We're right in the middle of the, we're right in the, middle of the arena, uh, center court. It's hard to believe. Um, but the uh, reality is, too, is that people are going to have a great time, but we're redoing all this, the lower seats, I believe, right now, right? That's going to be next. Um, we did the upper seats, I believe, right? We also renovated all the suites, the concession stands, uh, sports bars, which we'll look, look at in just a few minutes. Again, just to give that fans that better experience when they come here and, and you know, comfort of a seat and uh, the premier seats, people who want a little bit more leg room or, you know, have a little table in between the two seats. Uh, Bob came to me with this idea, and I got to be honest, and I'm going to tell you listeners, I go, he's out of his 
friggin' mind. And I go, no one's going to pay extra for these seats around the upper part of the arena because they have a table to put their food and drinks, and they sell out. It's incredible. It brings great revenue into the arena, and again, a great vision he had of, of doing it here at our, our uh, MVP arena. Yeah, it brought in uh, over 300000 in additional net revenue to the building and sold out very quickly. Premium. People like premium experiences. And, and that's what they are, premium seats, uh, premium memberships. They're sold annually, so they, the people that bought them will get tickets to all events. Hmm. With the exception of NCAA, they still have to buy the NCAA tickets. So we can, we can go up to the uh, next area up okay. if you want. Yeah, we're getting there. We're going to go in a freight elevator? I'm not going to be in the story at all if anything goes wrong. It's going to be about the county executive getting stuck in the freight elevator. We didn't mention. Well, we didn't mention. Stick you there, we don't like the story. So we're gonna, you, know. but you didn't mention that the freight elevator is brand new. Oh, okay, that's good. We replaced the freight elevator about a year and a half ago, and it's been a um, gem for us to be able to get our food and beverage up to the uh, concourse level. What was happening before? Uh, it was still operating, but we, we had a, a few problems with it. It was, you know, some 30 years old, so you can imagine the amount of service that we had to do to it. Now, this is a first. I haven't seen them actually operate. Stepping aboard the freight elevator. Wow. So this is where the opening act goes before the show, right? No, <laughs> no we don't put them in there. For that reason, just in case they get stuck. You know, all joking aside, the reality is these investments that the county have made have been tremendously helpful for us to be able to book shows and book events and service the events. Um, just this elevator is a prime example. If you don't, if you don't have an elevator that can get supplies and, and replenishments to the concession stands, your per caps are not going to be where they need to be. What's the cutting edge? What's the next area that, you know, to keep up with the Joneses that the arena needs to do in your mind? You've mentioned all the stuff that's happened so far. You know, I, I think we've done just about everything that is needed to be able to continue to get the good, good shows and the big shows. Um, you know, aside from that, we need to make sure that we maintain that the building out inside and out. Um, there's always going to be some deterioration from weather and so forth. So uh, those kinds of things are going to be needed. The loading docks um, are one of the capital items that we have coming up is to make sure that we can weather tight them and um, work on them so that we can keep the cold air out. And so that's one of the things that's on the capital plan. So. So the concourse has been uh, also renovated as we go around. We'll show you the suites as well, uh, but the suites have been renovated, the concession stands, um, everything has been repainted. So uh, it used to be red, white, and blue, if you remember, it was. when it was the Pepsi Arena. This is the terrace view. And so this used to be open air between the parking garage, which is the other set of doors over there, it was open air, so we would have to have crews go out here and actually remove snow to be able to get people back and forth from the garage. So when Dan and the county put the money into and closed that, as well as put the walkway in, and, and actually the walkway is something I'm going to 
Yeah, let, let you explain that. Oh, I used to live down here, so I know the walkway. So it's not as exciting. No, as it it was, it was uh, like. Yes, I, I for one, as a neighborhood resident, appreciate the walkway. Yeah. So one of the things when we started to do this, we wanted to enclose it. So we did one for the you know I call them the South End pigeons. They're very tough. They are. Uh, and, and they they don't leave. So one of the things we wanted to make sure again when people had that experience. So uh, we enclosed it, um, we heated it, air conditioned it for the summertime, and people can like come out of the garage or they can walk from South Pearl Street all the ways up to the uh, Empire Egg, you know, into the Capitol Center. So it's kind of connects them all, but we really self-enclosed the whole thing, put pictures up of different artists and different things going on. Uh, and it's been a huge success. People are so happy with it. And it's, again, it doesn't, you see, I, I wish your viewers could see me smiling, but you who live down here knows what it used to look like. Yeah, if, if I could smell the Sapienza's pizza coming in at the end of the walkway, I knew I was almost home. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And, uh, and again, it's part of the experience. And that's why we enclosed the room Bob was just talking about, where we can have VIP events there. Uh, we've done different things. We've talked about putting a bar out there so people can really just hang out before a game or get food or concession. And you'd be surprised how many people come down hours early just looking for something to do. They're excited for the concert or the sporting event, like I've said, or, or the musical, whatever they may be coming to. Um, and again, they just want, we, we want this building to be utilized all the time time and I'm glad you pointed out people don't realize the work that goes in every day even when there's nothing going on yeah. actually that terrace view is going to be used by the NCAA for their VIPs and for their corporate partners and you'll see that's going to be decorated into a beautiful NCAA experience I think I'm gonna to have to take your word for it <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna get into the VIP section and as you go around the concourse you'll see even the charging stations like that you actually can uh, get a battery for your chart for your cell phone uh, for a very small amount of money and, and be able to go inside not miss any of the action charge your phone and then replace it on the way out so there's all kinds of technology things that we've added um, all the concession stands all of this is brand new I mean it's it's only a couple years old and it's part of the major renovations and it looked tired before now it looks bright and you know cheery and ready for uh, people to come and enjoy their food. They went cashless here. Yep. It's all uh, debit cards and credit cards. That wasn't my choice. I get, I get blamed. I get a lot of phone calls on that. It, that's Bob's decision, not mine. So uh, I, I like to point that out because the last time I was here at an event with my family, I was getting yelled at because somebody was like, I don't have my debit card with me. I can't buy any food. And uh, so it's good for your listeners to know that you need a debit card or credit card to buy food. He said cashless, not free. Correct. <laughs> We're in the luxury level. We're in suite 14 right now. Uh, flat screen TV, leather couches, rows of seats uh, overlooking the action. Private bathroom on the other side. That's nice. So for something like the NCAA tournament, what will it run you to get in this room? So these are all part of the annual leases. Um, however, you, they have to pay for the 16 seats that are in here. So the NCAA... Uh, does force every arena in the country to sell seats even if they're annual um, membership type of things like these are they still have to buy their tickets so the one carve out in their lease agreement is they get tickets to all events except NCAA where they still can use their sweep but they have to pay for the tickets so the same price as what would be the row in front of the suite is what they pay per seat 
in here. And actually, if you look in front of the suites, are what Dan was talking about. These are premium seats that um, have tables between them. They have a little more room. They're bigger, uh, and they've got the table in between. Yeah, and your back's right up against the suite level, so. Uh, you know, the fact that people can enjoy much more leg room, it, it's just a really good experience. And we have a, we've been sold out now for a year and a half on the premium seats. We've been sold out on the suites for the last 20 years. And we've got a waiting list of 21 companies that would like to get in and have a suite. Um, and, and as they open up, which it's really rare that they do, we pick the first ones on the uh, waiting list and get them in so that they can enjoy the same corporate experience. This is Ian Pickus for WAMC, and we're taking an audio tour of Albany's MVP Arena, just ahead of the return of the NCAA men's basketball tournament for the first time since 2003. As you can hear from County Executive Dan McCoy and Arena GM Bob Belber, amenities have been a major focus of millions in recent upgrades. We're walking into the LEA Lounge now, uh, which is on the concession level. So this looks completely different than what it used to look like. What was here before? There was a circle bar in the middle, and it was dated and it was tired. This looks contemporary, beautiful finishes. Um, I think a lot of which we all picked out together, but, but I think, I think uh, it came out great. And uh, to Dan's credit, Leah Cars and, and the Leah family have been supportive of our arena for many, many years. And they've really done a great job of decorating this lounge. Um, so that it's got their branding, but it's also got its own, you know, recognition for being probably the best sports bar in, in the facility. We want to redo the bathrooms. We want to make it more, you know, a nicer environment. And it sounds kind of crazy, but we do get a lot of complaints, you know, we used to over the bathrooms, you know, and what they look like. And we updated it. Uh, we put Mur Murphy overhead doors in. So in the summer, nicer weather, we can open it up, get fresh air going. And again, it's all part of that experience, and that's what people want. So it's one of the things that uh, we want to make sure we got right. I remember this used to be very blue. Yes, <laughs> it was. And uh, if you see the new colors and what we've done, the new sinks and everything, it really just, again, we want to say thank you to the fans that come here and utilize this place and let them know that, you know, that we are investing back into the arena and, um, you know, everyone has to use the bathroom. So we want to make sure you feel comfortable knowing it's clean. Uh, and uh, obviously, you know, you can come do your business and get out of it and, and be happy Not you're not in a place where you, you're afraid to clean your hands after you go to the bathroom. For the last part of our tour, I met James Anilowski with Tech Forward a local company that just finished installing new signs all around the arena. As I found out, he has another reason to be eagerly awaiting March Madness. He also owns the Albany Stadium restaurant in the arena. The two-story space has gone through a number of tenants in recent years. First, Bob Belber explained the scope of the sign project. Inside the arena, they put 42 LCD signs. See like that sign there? Yeah. So those signs are above the LED ribbon boards, and there's 42 of them. He just finished them this past week. And so all the back, we had backlit signs on the ends of the arena before we put the new LED ribbons in. And um, we had to either go and get more backlits to put above the LEDs, or in this case, we got the LCDs through James' company, through Tech Forward, 
and he did a wonderful job. Everything looks great out there. We were challenged with um, having to install these uh, video screens all around the inside of the arena on the concrete that is on the second story of the arena where the, the seats come down. The challenge was is trying to get, um, how do you get them up there, right? They're 30, 40 feet off the floor without a boom lift because they had events coming in so we couldn't drive a truck in here with a big arm on it to do it. So we crafted all these uh, tools ourselves to mount to the, the railings so we could drill backwards into the cement and, uh, and then we customized a, a lifting device that actually lifts the finished product so it swings around and then lowers down into place, all running on batteries and, and a winch, like on a car winch and stuff like that. So we, we innovated all these tools and we got this job done in, in eight weeks. And uh, uh, the company that we contracted through, uh, which is a big, big national sign con uh, company that uh, does other types of work, didn't think that you know, this was going to be feasible because we didn't have the floor to use the big boom trucks and everything. We got it done. <clears throat> we got it done in eight weeks, right on, right to the last day, but we got it done. The sign company that does these big, huge signs here have these uh, huge lift trucks that have big boom arms and stuff, and they go around. But because we had so many um, events here with ice and all the, and the basketball courts and stuff, we couldn't couldn't use that. So we had to figure out a way to do it without the conventional tools. We did it. They all look straight. So <laughs> That's a big compliment. Before, before James Company started to do this, you have to kind of, and before we had the LED ribbon boards, and, and the, the blue line that you see all the way around is the LED ribbon boards. It's too bad it's just blue right now because the content is very, very alive and vivid, and it's movable, you know, so you could have a jet that flies all the way around the arena. But the location of where this LED ribbon board was on the ends of the arena used to be backlit signs. So we had to remove the backlit signs in order to have the LEDs to be able to go 360 in the oval. But yet we couldn't get rid of the signs because we have about $1.7 million a year coming in from advertising. And each one of the advertising deals has a sign that people want in the building. And as much as we could say, well, we'll give you time on the LED ribbons, that wasn't enough. People want to have their sign visible nonstop. So we went out with an RFP for, uh, through, with Albany County for uh, backlit signs. And the price that came back from uh, the lowest bidder was ridiculous, to say the least, uh, close to a million dollars. And uh, so we came up with this other technology, and I give a lot of credit to James and his company. Uh, which was less than half of what the other bid was for backlit signs. And it's so much better because we can program these, like for the NCAA, for example. You, when, when you see the NCAA on the 17th of March, you won't see any of these logos because you can't have any commercial advertising in the building. All of them will have probably the NCAA logo. I'm not sure which one, but they'll have branding for the NCAA on all of these digital boards, LCD boards. And um, the LED ribbon boards are going to be used by the NCA as well with, with whatever content they want to put on them. And just providing that ability to use this technology is going to make the NCA feel better about Albany, New York, and us hosting the championship. And assuming everything goes as we know it will, very successful, we hope to be able to bring the NCA men's basketball back much sooner than the last time. Last time it was 2003, so it was 20 years ago. All of this makes a difference. And 
Got to give him a lot of credit. Just finished the project yesterday, uh, and as a result of his uh, insertion of these signs, we're now going to be able to retain 100% of our revenues from the advertising while we still upgraded and put the LED ribbons in. Okay, now back to Anilowski's updates for the restaurant space. The basic footprint has been the same for quite a while, right? Uh, but we put our own little spin on it. For example, during the summer, another thing that was never taken advantage of here is that we open up these doors mm -hmm. and we have a sidewalk cafe now out there. Another thing that, we were, that we're doing that um, they never did before is DJs between, before each of the events, like especially the concerts and stuff. So if you have a country concert or a, or a rap concert or whatever you have, we'll have the, a, a DJ come in and play the music out onto the street and into the restaurant and, and it kind of draws everybody into the, into the restaurant here. We've spent uh, a good deal of time uh, thinking about uh, what, would be, what would work here. And uh, I, I wish I could take credit for, for everything, but I can't. I mean, I've gotten a lot of input from a, a lot of people who have been in this business for a long time, and we just kind of listen and, and, and do what we can. It's, it's really, it's exciting. Uh, it finally, it's, it's, it took a year to get here of, of a lot of work, a lot of work, but it's, uh, it's starting to pay off finally. Before we left and well before tip-off, Belber said the plan is to get March Madness back soon. You know, normally, like in this case, we actually submit for both first and second rounds and regionals, and it, it doesn't matter to us which one we get. Uh, we were lucky in 2003 to get the regional. That, that was, you know, a, a great opportunity for us. Um, but the first and second rounds is actually a bigger economic impact because you have more teams that come in, um, more, more fan bases, I think, that come in to follow those teams. Um, so, you know, regardless of which one we get, we're happy. The women's basketball is going to be here next year in 2024. And this is going to be the first year in 2024 for the women's NCAA basketball that there'll be two super regionals. They used to have four regionals in the past, and we've been a regional site in the past. But with the super regional with twice as many teams, you're bound to sell out, you know, with, with UConn in it. Um, they always have a big fan base. We've done 10 to 12,000 uh, in our attendance for NCAA women's basketball in the past. But with the Super Regional, I expect we'll probably do the same 15,000 that we're doing for the men. So that'll be taking place March of next year in 2024. And then we also have already been awarded the NCAA Men's Ice Hockey East Regional Championship in 2026. So when they go back out with bids here in July for 25 and beyond, uh, we're hoping that uh, we'll be able to get something either in 26, 27, 28 uh, with basketball again. And we'll also be resubmitting for hockey beyond 26. So good relationship with the NCAA. Very nice people to work with. Um, the host um, organization, be it the MAC, turn MAC uh, conference, is our co-host for basketball. Um, Union College and RPI are both co-hosts for uh, NCAA regional hockey. And so that relationship between college and conference and NCAA and building has been great in Albany, and we plan to keep that going. Bob, thank you so much for taking us all around and making all the time for us. Oh, you're welcome. And that brings us to the end of our audio tour of Albany's MVP Arena as it prepares to host the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament for the first time in 20 years. You can see photos of the renovations described this hour at wamc.org and on our social media channels. Thanks for coming along and enjoy the games.
Until next time, I'm Ian Pickus.